Hola conchitos, welcome back to the Self Conscious Podcast. Grab your cafe, tea, or chocolate de abuelita, and don't forget your conchas because we have a whole new episode this week for you. I'm your host, Stephanie Cortez. And I'm your other host, Evelyn Salazar, and this is episode 11 of season two. This week, we have a special guest, Raymond, who is the host of the Balance Period Podcast and entrepreneur. And this episode, we had Raymond sit and talk to us about toxic masculinity, what it means to be a real man, and he gives us some insight for our male listeners on how to go about self-care, self-love, and letting go of the stigma surrounding masculinity. We hope you enjoy and learn something in this episode. Listener discretion is warned. This episode will contain some sensitive material. Raymond O'Shield resides in Indianapolis and is an entrepreneur, founder of Balance Period LLC, and host of the Balance Period podcast. So, hey, Raymond, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I appreciate you all having me on today. Thank you. Thank you for coming. We're excited for this episode. Just a little fun question before we get to the more serious questions. What okay. is something you didn't like to do as a kid, but you like to, but you like now or or if you still dislike it? I would have to say reading. That was something growing up that because I didn't believe I was the best at reading, I shied away from it. So I don't remember completing a full book until after I graduated college. I just hit up the internet and did spark notes or whatever I could just to get summaries of it because <laughs> I hated to read. But now I recognize the value of it. So I look to at least read one book on a monthly basis. Um, and, I, and I listen to a lot of audiobooks. So I'm definitely consuming literature a lot more now in comparison to when I was growing up. That's so cool. What yeah, about that you, is Evelyn? super cool. What about, or something about reading or something I didn't like? No, something you, yeah, it's the same question. Like what was something you didn't like as a kid, but you like it now? Jalapenos. <laughs> <laughs> not as deep as Raymond's answer but <laughs> I love jalapenos now but I used to despise them when I was younger yeah <laughs> jalapenos yeah that was that was not deep <laughs> that was not very deep but, but honestly that's I thought what Raymond said was super cool because spark notes was it you know especially getting <sighs> through school <laughs> it was mm-hmm. a lifesaver so much I mean I did read a lot but that's awesome that you completely like did a 180 you know and now you're reading one book a month that's awesome yeah thank you thank you yeah respect mine was also not gonna be that deep (laughs) mine was gonna be that I um like different foods like you like I hated sushi when I was a kid and now I love it and I also hated corn dogs when I was a kid. And now I really like it. What? So. Corn dogs? Corn dogs? Yeah, I love corn dogs, corn dogs dude. Yeah, those are delicious. Mm. Yeah, but I, I had yeah, one yesterday. Yeah, oh, but the food I still continue to dislike to this very day is Sloppy Joes. I can't, I can't get on it. <gasps> I eat them. You know, oh, I haven't had them in a while, but I've, I've definitely had some decent experiences with Sloppy Joes. So Same. I'm yeah. Kind of, I'm kind of torn I, there. <laughs> You know, one of these days, you just got to find a good sloppy Joe place and go get one. And maybe, maybe right. I'll give it another chance. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we kind of, you know, push that up to the side, now that we know, guys, as you can tell, Raymond's a lot more. I feel like this is going to be like, he's going to tell us a lot more. He's, he's going to make the conversation flow. And me and Neville are just going to sit back and listen and be like, oh, <laughs> okay. Drop those facts. Okay. 
But it's going to be a good episode, guys. Let's go ahead and get started. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Raymond. Yeah, so I am a passionately curious, conscious creator. I am the founder of Balance Period LLC, which we focus on helping to keep people accountable as they cultivate simple, sustainable self-care habits. On a daily basis, I spend most of my time focusing on how I can optimize my own personal self-care so I can be the best example that I can be for my family and for our next generation as a whole. Uh, So whether that be having a solid nightly routine so that I'm getting high quality sleep, making sure I'm drinking enough water on a daily basis, being mindful of the food that I eat. I pretty much just have dedicated my life to becoming more self-aware and using what I learn about myself to practice habits that support me maintaining optimal mental, physical, and emotional health. And I'm grateful to have a company now that I'm able to use what I've learned to help others cultivate similar habits in their own lives. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything you just said, wow, you worded that perfectly. I love what you said that you're a passionate, conscious creator. That is super cool. And I feel like there's not, I've talked to so many women, you know, who, who do this and who have learned that these self-care routines and night routines and all that is super important, but I don't think I've ever really spoken to a man like that has been aware about this stuff. So that's so cool. Yeah. Thank you. And for me, it sparked my interest in this spark back in 2017. I was diagnosed with a pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot in my lung. And up until that point, I felt like I had life figured out. I was like 24. I'm like, hey, by the time I'm 30, I'll focus more on my routines. I'll focus more on being mindful about what I eat and those things. I'm like, I'm still a kid. I'm good. And that it kind of rocked me a little bit. So from then on, I started to take more accountability for the habits I was practicing because I recognized that they influenced the quality of my life. And from, I mean, from that point forward, it's just been like an obsession from then until now, just continuing to learn and grow. Uh, as much as I can. And like I said, now I have a platform to share that with other people. That is seriously so dope. That is so awesome of you to want to even like, because you helped yourself, but then taking that extra step of wanting to create a company that will help everyone else, like become the best versions of themselves. That is so cool. Thank you. Thank you. I'm telling you, I know how to pick them. (laughs) I know how to pick these guests. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to just echo what Evelyn said. I think it's really dope that, like, as a guy, I just don't hear that from a guy. Like, you're saying, like, yeah, I'm conscious about my actions because I care about my health. I'm conscious about what I'm doing because I want to help other people. I don't know. It's just, it's really just inspiring, in my opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, fun fact, Raymond also has a podcast. So what made you want to start your podcast? Is it related to your L- to your LLC? Uh, yeah, so actually the podcast started first. The podcast was a result of, as I mentioned before, back in 2017, when I had that health scare over the next year. So from 2017 to 2018, I became more aware and I was more mindful about the habits I practiced. And I recognized that though the process of that change for me wasn't easy, it was simple. And I recognized that, hey, if I can make these changes in my life and recognize this level of growth, then all I need to really do is share this, this story and maybe someone else can recognize that they can do the same thing regardless of where they are in this moment. 
So I started a podcast just to be a platform for me to share my story of growth year over year. The episodes were called this time last year when I first started. And yeah, I was just going through the process of what I was doing, how I was spending my time, the different habits that I had started to cultivate and the value that they added to my life. And at that time, I was a full-time personal trainer. So the business originally started out as my personal training business. And actually a little under a year ago when we went into quarantine, I recognized that it was a time that I could pivot the focus of the business instead of being focused towards just the physical health side of things. I could also offer services for people that helps them take greater accountability and expand their awareness uh, of their mental and emotional health as well. So that's kind of how the business itself started. But the podcast is kind of what started it all. It was a platform that I used just to share my uh, journey and the growth that I experienced along that journey. Do you mind telling us a little bit about what your podcast is about? Yeah, no. So now it's just about my myself and my brother, who is now my business partner. We just get on there and we talk about where we are on our journey. One of the ways that we describe who we are as Balanced Period is we are a collective of conscious creators that are committed to sharing our stories of self-observation and actualization. So we, we recognize the power in our stories of being able to share with other people, hey, this is where I'm at right now. Based on what I'm willing to educate myself on today, I can now take different actions and tomorrow and the next day and the next day I can change into the person that I want to be. So we pretty much, whether it's us sharing our story or we bring people on to share their stories and we do our best to offer up resources that people are able to use and take with them after each time they listen so that they can continue to learn and grow and become the best version of themselves that they can. Your wording is so eloquent. Like you just say what you got to say and done. And I'm like, yeah, you're very articulate. Thank you. I will say that has been a process. That has not always been the case. (laughs) The energy I've been putting into that area of my life is is paying off. Hey, that shows that you've grown. If you say that, then that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I've listened to a couple episodes and like, to to be honest, it's not a critique. (laughs) I'm just kind of like, I'm always like, I don't know if shocked is the right word, but I'm like, why the why is is he like a motivational speaker like <laughs> what does he do on the side because I was I'm always like every episode I'm like yeah yeah I can do that yeah that makes sense yeah yeah I'm just gonna shut up and let Raven talk yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like the whole, every single time like I, I just you're like you're so smart and you're so like incredibly sp- inspiring because of what happened to you but also just because like it's just so a lot of people I think in my opinion wouldn't like refocus their energy somewhere else into something positive you know a lot of people would kind of mm. like let it weigh on them and they'd be stuck and be like you know what is me life is hard all this and that and it's not to say that that's not validated but you kind of flipped it around and said no like I'm gonna start changing things for my own benefit for my own life and then in return, you're helping other people. And I think that's what's really cool about it. And that's what's, to me, kind of, you know, shows the type of person that you are, but also shows the type of man that you are. And I think that's really inspiring. And I think that's how, how many people should be going about their lives on a day-to-day basis. 
Yeah, yeah, I think, and I know we'll get into it as we talk about the topic for today. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I just simplified my life as best as I could. I recognized that I was overcomplicating things by trying to do too much. And what yeah. I learned is that the the simplest way to go about it is to be present and to be myself. And who I am is different than anyone else and, and who they feel like they are going to be or become. So I think that gives us a lot of freedom if we just focus on maintaining a mindful perspective on life, just paying attention to the present moment on purpose without judgment, and then just be the person that we feel like we're supposed to be, contribute to life in the way that we feel like we're supposed to contribute to life, then we're able to take pretty much the, the system and method that I use to get to where I am today and still be as unique as we were created to be. So I think just being present and being ourselves definitely helps that process of simplifying life and truly developing into the person that we're supposed to be. Man, Raymond, for someone who didn't like reading as a kid, I feel like you could now <laughs> write your own book. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, de- I definitely feel like there's, there's a few in here. There's a few in there floating around. So as time progresses, I'll definitely go through the process of getting those out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now you guys have an idea of who Raymond is, which I thought would make him the perfect candidate for today's podcast episode. So today we're actually talking about toxic masculinity. So Raymond, can you, everybody's going to answer the question, but how do you define toxic masculinity? Personally, I, I label it as just a man who is unaware. I feel like when we live a life where we're unaware of our actions and how our actions may influence other people, then we tend to fall in line with what culture may tell us we're supposed to be or supposed to do or supposed to act. And I think toxic masculinity, excuse me, is a reflection of that. It's a reflection of us not taking accountability for our actions and ultimately we fall right in line with the thoughts that vulnerability makes us weak and that self-care is for women and that we need to have some sort of power in order to be looked at as a man when all of those things are just a figment of our imagination and basically what our culture has said to be true which isn't necessarily the case so I think toxic masculinity is just rooted in unawareness. And so it's for a man to be unaware of who he is, the power that he really has without the external validation that may come from what we think is powerful. Honestly, the way that Raymond described it is perfect. I love the simple statement of, I just feel like it's men being unaware. You know, I love that. Unaware of just all the things around them that can make them a better person, like things that they, that that society has taught and brainwashed men that they need to be tough. They need to have a hard exterior that, you know, they shouldn't show their emotions or else they're seen as weak or, you know, like, like they're acting like a girl. I think all of that is bullshit and they're just unaware that all of that is bullshit. And I just really like the way that Raymond summarized it. So to echo both of you guys, I agree. For me, I didn't see it as men being unaware. I saw it as men being entitled and men Mm. being privileged. That's how I define toxic masculinity. And the reason for it being so because of society and culture, subculture, religion, like variations of different, just a contribution of different forms, all affecting like kind of defining toxic masculinity or just defining what masculinity Mm. is 
but as a result it's just become toxic because I don't it while it does affect the people around like you know because it is towards it's targeted towards men while it does affect mm-hmm. like the people around them you know like their wives their children friends etc we just also fail to realize like it's toxic masculinity is also very toxic towards the men themselves in different ways yeah it hinders their growth exactly and it affects them like mentally physically spiritually emotionally whatever you know it affects them in more ways than one and they then therefore i think that's where it leads to them not knowing about it which is what you're saying like they're unaware and so Mm -hmm then there's like all these issues that come about it but that's basically how I saw it so I think it's kind of connected to what you how the way you have explained you know toxic masculinity and I think just my last thought is that unfortunately like we are starting to talk about it in today's society like we're starting to talk about like well what does it mean to be a real man how do we let go of toxic masculinity how do we move forward from here when I feel this conversation should have been had like a long time ago but again Mm -hmm. just because i feel like of everything that's happened in our society i feel like we live in a place where everything's controlled like we're controlled everybody's trying to be controlled and that as of late it feels like people are kind of breaking out of those chains and saying like enough is enough like we have to change everything like not just our government not just our education system like there's a lot of things we gotta change but like just changing the way we see one another is now part Mm -hmm. of it and i think like hopefully with you Raymond at the helm like our men can learn from somebody and hopefully change for the better because this isn't necessarily an episode that's like bashing on men and targeting men and being like you guys fucked up x y it's not necessarily that kind of episode it's more like we get that there's issues and you guys don't get the chance to talk about it yeah and I think in thinking about change the concept itself most times we feel like we have to do something to change and I think the starting point for change is understanding. So if we're able to recognize that in order for our outside world to change, our inside world must first change. That'll be a great place just for people to start, just to pay closer attention to what's going on in their world, in their mind, pay closer attention to the actions that they take on a consistent basis. And that'll be a great starting point for anyone that listens to this episode. If they too want to affect positive change in their life and in the people's lives that they interact with on a consistent basis. In what ways has toxic masculinity affected you, society, et cetera? In my journey, it affected me early on. So it was up until probably shortly after the blood clot. That's kind of what shifted everything in my life. But up until that point, I truly felt that in order for me to be in a healthy, functioning relationship with a woman, I needed to have a certain status as it pertained to like work and money and just material things I felt like I needed that in order to be a man and I recognized after that whole shift in my life that that was just a very unsustainable way of going about feeling good and happy about myself and my life I was rooting my feelings about myself in something external then Yes, if I had it, I would feel okay. But as soon as that thing was gone, then my life would be in shambles. And so that, that's how it influenced me the most. It was me believing that I needed something external to validate the belief that I had and my ability to not only su- to succeed, but also to feel good about myself and to be happy and to be at peace. When in all reality, everything that I needed to do that, 
even back then was inside of me the whole time. I was just unaware of that. So that's how it has affected me personally. I'm grateful to have now be in a place that become more aware and recognize that that's not the case in society. It's similar to what I was talking about before. It's just that is the belief that men have on a larger scale, a belief that vulnerability is weak, a belief that, you know, we tend to push down our emotions instead of deal with them in the moment. Instead of pay closer attention to them, we kind of push them away. And all that does is lead to then us manifesting another thing that can be seen as masculine as being aggressive, especially in the Black community. When we push our emotions down so much, it's only a matter of time before they come back up. And then it turns into something that we might not have even wanted to happen. But that's just the only way that we have been shown how to express those emotions. So I think it's, it's just, it's all going back to our lack of awareness that there is a different way to approach life and that we can express ourselves in ways that are healthy, but it first takes us being able to look at those emotions and to understand ourselves better so that we can continue to grow into the people that we wanna be. But yeah, I feel like that's how it affects society. And it will take us individually making change, like I said before, before we see change in a larger scale. Because anytime that we feel like anything outside of us needs to change, that change must first start within us. Is it safe to assume that you're, I guess, in a happier state of mind now? That you allow yourself to feel your emotions to deal with them instead of just pushing them down and then having them explode? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so it's not that I'm happy all the time, right? Because I, I do experience emotions like fear. I experience right. doubt. I experience guilt. I experience depression. I experience all of these emotions, but because I allow them to be, because I don't identify myself with those emotions, then I'm able to let them pass. Like emotions, and I, I don't remember the, the source of this, so I would highly recommend someone who hears this and feels like it's interesting to look it up. But I believe our emotions only last generally like 30 to 90 seconds, like physiologically. And if we just allow them to be for a moment and kind of breathe through it, that's how I approach it. Those emo the emotion itself and how we feel about it will pass. But most times I think we, we end up getting bored. And so we put too much energy into the emotions that we feel. So instead of experiencing them and letting them go, or we either push them away or we just, we hype them up to a point to where they don't mm -hmm. even need to go. So I feel like if, if we're able just to be able to sit with those emotions, then we'll be able to respond to them differently. And that response will determine who we become as a result of what we experience. So yes, I, I definitely will say I experience more peace because I recognize that there's an abundance of peace in the present moment. So pretty much in order for me to feel that peace is up to me to maintain a present perspective. And that's why I do the work that I do because I recognize how valuable that can be in the midst of chaos. If you're able to maintain a present perspective, regardless of what's going on around you, you can still be at peace and you can still intentionally choose how you respond to that which you experience. I don't know how I can talk that, but how do you define toxic masculinity or uh, in what ways has toxic masculinity affected you? I mean, same question for you, Evelyn. For us, it's going to be different because we're, we're the women. So we get to experience it differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting because so one of my ex-boyfriends, it was probably one of my first. My, it was my first real relationship. Um, we had a great relationship, but one of the reasons it ended was because our communication was off. But it was because my ex-boyfriend was raised in a very, very Mexican household, the very macho dad. 
who taught him literally word for word taught him like you are not allowed to like show like these emotions of sadness like you can't cry like if there's no blood you shouldn't shed tears you know what I mean and that really affected our relationship because I'm an emotional person and if we got in an argument or a misunderstanding I would want to try and communicate you know what was going on I would try to constantly be like how are you feeling you know what are you feeling and if those if I knew he was feeling those quote-unquote negative emotions that he didn't wasn't allowed to show I would always just want him to to tell me to open up you know but he never would he wouldn't say I'm feeling sad he wouldn't say I'm, I'm feeling lonely or bothered by this or that it was just like a wall was put up and he just was like basically we're not going to have this conversation and that doesn't go anywhere you know what I mean mm-hmm. and in the end it it was honestly one of the deciding factors for me to break up because I was like I I can't, I need someone that's going to be able to communicate with me. And I feel like toxic masculinity really affects communication, especially in relationships, not just with a significant other, but with your family, with friends. Like if you can't talk about your feelings, how are you supposed to get past these hurdles, you know, these challenges? Like we are human and we have a large spectrum of emotions and we're supposed to and acknowledging all of them because you can't just be happy all the time. No one is happy all the time. You can't just have those positive emotions. So yeah, that's definitely the number one um, example I think of, of how it affected me because I mean, it affected my four-year relationship. You know, I finally got to the point where I was like, all right, if you can't grow in this way, if you can't get out of that toxic masculinity mindset, like then, then this, this is just, isn't for me. Yeah, it, that that honestly affected me a lot too in my communication. I was a terrible communicator. I've gotten a lot better, which I'm grateful for. But yeah, I didn't. I I was taught. So my dad, he grew up in Haiti, and came over to the U.S. when he was about 14. He went through a lot of very traumatic experiences in Haiti, and you know, kind of how he approached it. He was always okay. Like I've seen him li- literally like bleeding out of his hand and he'll just wrap it up I'm fine and he just goes on about his day everything he was always fine so in my mind for me anytime that someone asks me a question about how are you feeling I'm good I'm okay even if I was in utter turmoil on the inside I was fine and so yeah I think definitely it affected me in that way too I had to recognize that it's okay to not be okay because that doesn't make me any less of a man to say, hey, I am feeling this emotion right now. And I can even attach it to, hey, I'm feeling this because I experienced this. And let that just be that. And then progress on beyond it after experiencing it for what it was. So I, I, I am in a relationship now. And so I definitely use my relationship as a way to develop in that space because I was not always intentional about my ability to communicate and I'm glad that I have gotten better because it is definitely tough to be in a relationship where you are unable to connect with who you are with in an emotional way because they're just a they don't know how to communicate their emotions and b sometimes they're not willing to actually try it because it's not easy it's hard it doesn't feel comfortable so it's finding ways that work best for you to experience uncomfortable emotions 
and be able to express yourself in a way that serves you and the person that you're with best from what I've learned so far. Like I said, I'm still learning. So someone can try that and it might not work for them. I'll say, hey, continue to try some stuff and figure out what works. But for me, it's been working so far. Yeah. It was always so sad to me, not just with my ex-boyfriend, but with like any guy that I was ever close to, friends, best friends. Like if I'd be like, hey, I could obviously tell your body language, you speak more, you know, you can read people way more by their body language than what they're actually saying. And so you can tell when someone's like going through shit and, you know, I'd ask, I'd ask them, are you okay? And it's always, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. Like, no, everything's chill. But then it's like, so with some of them, I'd, I'd push and I'd be like, no, I'm serious. Like, how are you really feeling? And sometimes some of them opened up and it's like, it was like a breath of, of like fresh air for them when they could open up and feel like they're not being judged, you know? Um, because I feel like that's what a lot of boys and men that aren't fully aware yet is that they feel like they're going to be judged for feeling these emotions that are human, you know? I agree. For me, started at home. So my dad, also like at Mexican background, you know, but my dad, he actually grew up without a father figure. Um, and the story gets a little bit more complicated. And I hate kind of like exposing my dad like this, but my grandma was raped and she got pregnant with my dad, but we're heavily Catholic influenced. And so she never thought about aborting the baby. So she had my dad and uh, to this day, like I, I will, I wouldn't have done the same thing if I'm honest, but at the same time, like, grateful for my grandmother because I get to have the dad I have. However, mm-hmm. I am going to say because of the lack of, of a paternal figure in my dad's life, my dad made awful choices. Like, he wasn't the best man. Like, he's fucked up on more than one occasion. And on, like in regards to toxic masculinity, you know, I think in the Mexican background, you know, and I mentioned this in like in season one, but basically like the woman kind of bends over backwards to serve the man. Like everything revolves around him. He's the one who calls the shots. He's the head of the household, this, this, and that. But now that I, but now looking back on it, I just think they just get a lot of pressure. They have all this pressure that they need to like be the man of the house. They got to protect the family. They got to, you know, care for everybody X, Y, and Z. So I think my dad not having a, a father figure, because he did have one once upon a time but I think it was like, at the time, I think it was one of his stepdad's dads and he didn't get along with his stepdad, but he got along with his step-grandfather and then his step-grandfather died. And so he Mm -hmm. lost the only person who would validate his emotions or validate how he was feeling or show some type of love to him. And, you know, throughout the years, my dad became a very hard shelled man, you know, who refused to show any resource of emotion because you know he didn't have everybody he anybody he had he lost and so you know um, and now he had his own family so he needed to toughen up you know he had to be the man mm-hmm. but in doing so and I am exposing my dad here a little bit he wasn't he wasn't perfect like he definitely fucked up like there was moments between him and my mom that what was between him and my mom that made me go come to the conclusion like if I ever get married or if I ever get into a relationship I do not want a man like my father 
I will be damned if I marry a man like my father because I don't want that. And also the way that we were raised, like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, yeah, we got spanked. Like, we got disciplined. But sometimes it was a little more aggressive, in my opinion, than it should have been. And then mm-hmm. me going to therapy, you know, in a way it's kind of like they were taking it, they were taking out their frustrations out on us. But that's so selfish and that's so painful because the ki- your kids shouldn't have to endure your, your scars, shouldn't have to endure what you haven't been able to deal with. That's just my opinion now. But it wasn't until, and again, this was like in season one where I talk about this, but it wasn't until like season, it wasn't until like my little sister's car accident that I think my dad started to do a one, like a, a 180. Like he turned around mm-hmm. and he's like, what the fuck have I been doing? Like my kid almost died. My kids need me. My wife needs me. My family needs me. And that was also, I feel like the first time when my little sister's car accident happened, I feel that was, that was the first time I have seen my dad express any sense of emotion. Um, yeah. Because like I had never seen my dad cry. I had never seen my dad in an emotional vulnerable state until the day that my little sister's car accident occurred because it was at the time she was the baby of the family she still is the baby of the family but at the time like we just didn't think she was gonna well it's not that we didn't think she was gonna make it it was just you know um hot and cold we didn't know what was happening when I talked to my dad later years later he said I just felt powerless he's like I felt like I couldn't do anything like you know you guys are you kids you're my you're my kids you're my you're the reason I get up he's like and I couldn't protect you, and I couldn't save you, and I couldn't be there for you. It's like, and I felt like a failure as a father. And then for me, I think later on, as I talked to my dad, you know, we've talked about a lot of things. We talked about all the times he's fucked up in my childhood and all the times everything that's happened. But that conversation didn't happen until probably when I was in college. So those, those, that was years years that he had been holding on to all these emotions all these things but it wasn't until later that me and my dad sat down and you know thank god now we have a really great relationship like i love my dad i, I would do anything for my dad that doesn't mean i would still want to marry a man like my father i'd rather marry a man who's already dealt with his shit and we can move forward from there instead of later mm-hmm. on but in regards to my dad we have i think because my dad doesn't go to therapy i kind of feel like i became his therapist because we talked through all his shit and like try to figure out like, well, why did you do that? Or why would you assume that was okay? And then like me as a his kid expressing, well, you know, this is how I felt when you did that, you know? And this is how I saw it when growing up. And so my dad would be like in shock. He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, I didn't know how much that affected you. And I was like, well, that's the point, dad. You don't realize how your actions affect somebody else because you're so consumed in what you're doing that you don't, you know, you fail to look at somebody else. But then again, I don't want to fault my dad because that's just the way he was brought up and that's society and that's religion and that's a culture where, you know, he's a guy and he felt privileged and he felt entitled and he felt he didn't have to look at what, how he affected everybody else because he was just looking at how he was affected. Mm-hmm. And so now my dad is more self-aware and he's more self-conscious of his actions and what he does and what he says. And he's apologized for his actions in the past. But again, like... Like Evelyn was saying, the fact that we, we keep telling these men, or men at least in our, my culture and my subculture, like, don't express your emotions because it's, it's weakness, because it's vulnerability, because this and that. 
it's such a terrible thing to do because like Evelyn was saying, like emotions are so human. Like you have to express them because if you don't express them, there's going to be consequences later on in the way you probably parent Mm -hmm. and the way you have in your marriage and you know, whatever relationships you have, it's going to affect it. It's a domino effect. So if you don't deal with whatever's going on in that moment, it's just not, it doesn't do anybody good, especially the person enduring those emotions. So like as a man, I'm just saying like, let go of tradition, let go of what society has told you, what culture has told you, what just the culture has told you, just let go of it. I don't know if saying be your own man is the best way to say it, but just be your own person. And like you're saying, be present in the moment. My opinion is I don't think nobody's gonna judge you for being who you are in that moment, expressing how you feel in that moment. It's just so human. I don't know why we have to say like, well, this is what a man should be and then this is what a woman should be, which is again, like that's toxicity in itself. But, you know, I'm just saying like, if you don't deal with your shit now, if you don't deal with your emotions now, there will be long-term effects. I appreciate you sharing that story. Thank you. It, uh, it, it definitely, it hits me because a lot of what I do, the reason why I do it is because I know I plan on having kids at, at one point in time. And I want to be the best example I can for them because I recognize that I can tell them one thing, but if I'm not able to demonstrate what it is that I'm telling them, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. They're going to see me as a hypocrite and the odds of them actually doing the things that I asked them to do, are, it's going to go down significantly. It's going to be decreased. So I think just hearing that, hearing more stories like that just reinforces the energy and time that I put into being the person that I am today so that by the time I do have kids, I'm, I'm the best me and I'm continuing to develop into, into the best me um, even once they're, they're here. So thank you. I appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah. And like that concept, like that you just mentioned of thinking that other people will judge you for expressing your emotions in that moment. I thought that was the case for the longest time. And I recognize that what's going on in my mind is going on in pretty much everyone else's mind too. Like if they do think mm-hmm. about me, it might be for like a brief moment. And then after that, they're not paying attention to what I'm doing. They're not thinking about what I just said or did. Like they're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about what I may be thinking about them. <laughs> like yeah, literally. So a, a, a lot of that is just made up. <laughs> Dude, that is so made up because this is like, you know, not anywhere as deep related to what we're talking about, but it is kind of like a good metaphor to put it in that way is remember in school when you had to give like a, a presentation in front of the whole class, right? And you would get like nervous and someone else is presenting before you, you're not really paying attention to the presentation. What are you doing? You're thinking about yourself. You're thinking about, okay, how am I going to say this? How am I going to go over this? And like, that's what everyone else is doing, you know? And so while you're up there being worried that they're all like hardcore judging you, like watching your every move, they're literally just worrying about themselves, like waiting until it's their turn up there. You know, they were in the same spot as you. Yeah, there's a quote that I got from, do you know who Jay Shetty is? He's the, oh, yeah. The, Jay Shetty is yeah. so good. Yeah, he is. And and one I was listening to one of his interviews, and he got this quote from a philosopher named Cooley. But he said, I'm not who I think I am, and I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. So we kind of layer our identity in this thought of what someone else might think we are. And it's just, it's so separated from who we actually are. 
that it can it can become literally anything or anyone and it's not accurate at all to who we truly are as a person so if we're able to be aware of that and detach ourselves from that identification and we put ourselves in a way better position to truly be present and be ourselves in any, in any given moment yeah that is the looking glass self theory mm. by cooley oh that's what it is that's perfect. what it's called the looking glass self nice i didn't know that it had a name to it but thank you for that <laughs> i learned I'm, I'm about it in sociology down, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah look um, <laughs> so i guess like the follow-up question on that is you know, so in what ways has toxic masculinity affected society? It's a combination of what we've all been talking about up until this point, I feel like. I think mm-hmm. it's it's created a narrative that isn't true, but it's still a narrative, so people read it and believe it because they're unaware that there's something else that they can believe and there's another perspective that they can take on it. So I think a part of our culture it's a part of our society. And in order for that to change, as I mentioned before, it takes us individually taking accountability for who we are and what we choose to do with our time, which is a combination of what we believe about ourselves and the habits we choose to practice. So I think it's definitely like, it just takes accountability, uh, like a whole blanket statement, just be accountable. And don't allow what you get from the outside world to determine who you are, because you get to determine that, not anything outside of you. I agree. We've touched like so many topics of that subject already of how it's affected society, how it's affected men in their relationships and their families to themselves. That has led up to this moment. I feel like answers that question. Yeah, I would agree with both of you guys. And like Raymond's saying, like at this point, it's kind of been deep rooted into who we are, um, into what society is. But that's not to say that I don't think change can happen. You know, I don't, that's not to say that I don't think we can get there. It's, I feel like it might be hard, but not impossible. And like having conversations like the ones that we're having right now, I feel like it's going to start breaking down those walls that men have been told that they need to put up and I guess that's like a perfect segue to the next question if you want to go ahead and ask it Evelyn so Raymond what does being a man mean to you that's it that's an interesting question I think (laughs) I I think I I answered it already I'm just going to go back to something that I said prior to us diving deeper into this conversation but I think being a man is and ultimately it's being just a human like getting the opportunity to have this human experience but because I am a man I can definitely speak to this but being a man is just being present so maintaining a mindful perspective on life and being ourself now to identify what who like that person is it took me some time and I think it'll take anyone time who hasn't um, intentionally spent time in that area of their life like to identify who they are as a person identify what they feel like their purpose is. For me, I found that through cultivating a mindfulness practice, through practicing meditation, being more spiritual and recognizing that there is a whole another side to life that is spiritual and that can't necessarily be articulated by words. It's it's more like a feeling, Uh, but it's just up to us to be sensitive to that and give ourselves space and time 
to feel those emotions, to get a better understanding of who we feel we are so that we can take actions that are aligned with that purpose so that we can continue to learn and grow and become the person that we want to be. So I think being a man is being willing to learn, being willing to accept change and being willing to be vulnerable in the moment so that we are able to experience life for its full worth instead of sheltering ourselves from potential pain, be willing to experience it because by doing so, we actually demonstrate more strength than if we chose to look away from that which brings pain into our lives. So I think, yeah, to boil that down, just being present and being ourselves is what it means to be a man from my perspective. Honestly, being a man, I just think it means being able to own up, you know, being able to take accountability, like you said, um, being able to acknowledge all of who you are, all of your emotions, being able to acknowledge your flaws and wanting to grow and become the best version of yourself. Like I just, you know, being able to be open-minded and not so judgmental and not so, I guess, closed off to learning from, from others, whether it be another man or a woman, you know, from anyone just wanting to learn and being open. I think that that's what being a man is being able to feel all your emotions and not be afraid to be yourself. That's honestly one of the biggest things I think for anyone is just, you know, what uh, to make you the best version of yourself is not being able to show the world who you actually are and what you like and what you love and not to be afraid to show that. I, I think it's like a combination of all that, like accountability, being yourself, expressing yourself, and just kind of being conscious that nobody really gives a shit about what you're thinking or how you're expressing yourself. They're all too worried thinking about themselves. And if that's the case, just worry about yourself, you know, focus on you, do you. If you need a moment of emotion, a moment of vulnerability, then take your moment. And if you can't do that out publicly, then find the space and just, you know, let it out. I also think as like the rest of us who don't identify as a man need to be supportive of our men who are trying to express themselves and who are trying to break down this toxic masculinity because it's hard for them as well. You know, it's hard for everybody, but we just need to keep encouraging them, keep giving them their space uh, to do so. And also not, I want to say like be so hard but just try to be understanding and, you know, because really that's what toxic masculinity is. Like it's, it's created because we don't give men a chance to be understood emotionally. So I think we just need to be more understanding and be patient with them, but also men be patient with yourselves, you know, while you're trying to redefine what being a man is to you, but also break down toxic masculinity not just for yourself, but for those around you, especially if you're a father and you have kids, so you can be the best role model for them. I also think just like, you know, I'm not, I'm just a girl, I'm a woman, not a man. Can't, can't really say what a man should be, but for me, I think it's kind of goes back to the basics, like somebody who's respectful, somebody who's loyal, somebody who is just self-aware and is okay with, with everything, like with their flaws, with where they can be better, X, Y, and Z. But again it's again this episode isn't necessarily to judge men it's not necessarily to critique men 
or say like well this is where you fucked up this is where you guys are lacking x y and z it's more for like so where can you go from here where, where do you grow from how can you grow from this how do you break down these walls and hopefully having these conversations as maybe uncomfortable as they may be will be necessary to start breaking down those walls and to redefine what being a man is but also you know help the men that we already have out here to help them just become a better version of who they already are thank you all so much for having me on and giving me the opportunity to share with with your listeners and for anyone listening i know she just mentioned that this wasn't to judge men i would let you know as being a man and being on the show i didn't feel judged at all so we're good <laughs> <laughs> Well, that wraps up the episode. Thank you so much to Raymond for joining us. I'm going to give him a chance to shout out his social media accounts if you want to follow him and subscribe to the Balance Period podcast. All right. Yeah, thank you so much. So you can find me personally on Instagram. My handle is at recovery.ray. Um, you can find me on Twitter. My handle there is at my word is underscore law. And then if you are in the neighborhood for looking for ways to continue to learn and grow and develop into the best version of yourself, you can follow at balance period on any of the social media platforms that you may be on. We have a community of people who are passionate about learning and growing and cultivating simple, sustainable self-care habits. So if that is something that sounds interesting to you, just check us out and feel free to hit us up and we'll figure out ways that we can help support you along your journey. And don't forget to follow us on our social media pages to be up to date on what we have going on in the Self-Conscious Podcast, such as who our guests will be on upcoming episodes, podcast collabs, small businesses highlights, announcements, and so much more. Our Instagram page is Self-Conscious Podcast and our Twitter account is at Conscious Podcast. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Like always, I hope you resonated with this episode. Learn something from it. If you like this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the Self-Conscious Podcast. We are available on all your favorite podcasting apps. And might as well share this episode with a friend or family member. The more listeners, the better. We post new episodes every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is todo por hoy. Evelyn and I will see you all next week for a new episode. Until then, have a good one, Conchitas. And don't forget, don't be so self-conscious. <laughs>